episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash, and I am joined by Nat. Hi. And Jimin. Hi, guys. We are back and better than ever. Did anyone notice how I changed it up at the beginning? Like the intro? Yes. Yes. Did, did you like that? I did. It, is it? Oh, okay. Just, just bringing out my southern roots, you know, a little bit. So, yeah. Okay. All right. What have we been listening to? Jimin, go. Oh, okay. Uh, I've been listening to um, Mariah Carey. <laughs> um, I decided that I wanted to sing Hero the other day. So I listened to some Mariah Carey and some Pussycat Dolls because they have a song that sounds like a Mariah Carey song. Uh, shout, uh, shout out to you if you know what that song is, and actually leave a comment if you know what that song is. Um, so yeah, that's really all I've been listening to. I've been mostly watching and consuming things in anime, like OSTs and things like that. So yeah, I guess I will go. Uh, so I also have been listening to some Mariah Carey, surprisingly. Uh, I've been listening to Honey, I was listening to that album, like on loop because it's just one of my favorite albums of all time i mean whenever you call beautiful ones um breakdown like it's just such a good album and i was listening to charm bracelet because i actually really like that album too and in terms of other music i've been listening to uh chloe and hallie obviously because they dropped the ungodly hour the ungodly hour and that album is so fire I my favorite 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 song from it is Forgive Me and I've been listening to that song specifically every day but I've also been listening to like a lot of the other songs as well too like Tipsy and um does she call my is it does she call my name I can't remember the name of that of that song and do it obviously and like it's such a solid R&B grown woman album and I love it so I've been really excited about that and I know like um Tiana Taylor dropped an album too. I just haven't had a chance to like really sit down and listen to that as right now. Uh, what else? I've been listening to some Leona Lewis who kind of sounds like Mariah Carey. So I guess maybe that's why they've been like really fitting in, I guess. Uh, also been listening to a lot of anime because <laughs> I finished uh, Black Clover and I've been watching One Piece and I've just been loving that and um, all I've been watching so much anime this year that I've just been collecting anime um, as well too and in terms of K-pop I've been listening to Monster X all about love because that's the album of the year for me clearly and I've been listening to some A-Pink um and then just like youtube playlists i feel like the youtube playlists are actually really solid because it goes on the algorithm of what you've already listened to so it gives you recommendations based on that instead of like the playlist that they're on apple music where it's like all the popular songs i guess so it doesn't even matter if you ever listen to anything from a group it'll be in that playlist and like that what's hot for for k-pop um playlist so it's not as good i think the apple 
playlists are really good for introducing you to music you never would have looked for or listened to. Whereas the YouTube one is good because it's just based on what you listen to. So it's already all the stuff that you like. And so I've been sort of teetering between both of those to sort of stretch out and, and, you know, include other sort of artists and genres and things like that. Uh, But yeah, that's for me. Ash. I've been listening to Chloe and Hallie's Ungodly Hour. And yeah, that has been a rotation for me. It's such an awesome album. Like I feel like on like a like a level low key, like this is like possibly the direction Aaliyah would have gone in if she had still been alive. Like that's that's how I feel about the album. Like it's very it's R and B, but it has a little bit of an edge to it. And, like, Chloe, like, wrote, like, so many of the songs on there. And I just, I like, I just like it from beginning to end. I love Baby Girl, Do It, Forgive Me, Busy Boy, Tipsy. Uh, It's just, it's just so good. Like, I've been listening to it from top to bottom and just thinking about, like, uh, you know, how are, you know, K-pop, you know, producers, producers going to, you know, borrow from this <laughs> and like, you know, feature songs or albums. But yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's the album that I've been listening to. And it was actually featured in Rolling Stone's 50, 50 Best Albums of 2020. It was at number 44. Uh, just as a note, however, interestingly enough, um, BTS was also listed in Rolling Stone's Best Album of uh, 2020. And they were listed at number, let's see. I think they were the first album that was listed on their, um, on the Rolling Stone album chart. Their, their albums of 2020. Um, but they did list BTS and Chloe and Hallie have actually mentioned that they would like to, um, collaborate with bts so uh that's an interesting thing uh uh, i would like to keep that as just a thought because i don't trust the um fans to actually you know let them collaborate without raising a huge fuss about it so uh, but yeah that was Chloe and Holly, you know, everybody stream, listen to it. It's really great. All right. Let's get to our main news items of the podcast. And for the first one, we are talking about Taeyong of NCT127, also known in some circles as Scamyong. You know, it appropriately or not appropriately. Uh, 
So there's been some controversy about his past uh, as a scammer or bully. There is a person that SM Entertainment has announced they will be taking legal action against who has been posting online about Taeyong's past actions way back in middle school. And they're supposedly stepping up for the victim. And they have been posting alleged items that Taeyong has said that he's apologized for and has provided compensation for. But the informant is apparently a former classmate of Taeyong's. And there were concerns that secondary damage could be inflicted on his friends from middle, middle school and any related people. This person has still been posting things about Taeyong's past. And SM has said that in light of this, they are going to take strong action without lenience regarding dissemination and expansive reproduction of related unconfirmed content, as well as other clearly unlawful acts, such as leaving malicious comments about Taeyong and his family. To avoid any further damage, we ask everyone to halt any illegal acts, such as posting or spreading rumors. la di da The informant apparently posted text exchanges to prove as evidence that Taeyong was not remorseful and the victim wanted more from him and was manipulated by him and that Taeyong and the victim had pleasant exchange exchanges and things seemed to be going well. So it seems to me that the person that is posting things from way back in middle school or whatever is posting um, content that apparently does show that Taeyong was scamming people and that he was being a bully. But at the same time, we have content that shows that Taeyong was also in some way, uh, you know, kind of making up for his past transgressions. And that he has even made up between some of with some of some of his victims, uh, alleged victims, I should say. So I just don't really see the scandal here. I mean, yes, we could say that Taeyong was a bully back in the day, and he was a scammer back in the day. But at the same time, if he's reformed himself, if he, you know, is, you know, away from that life as it seems that he is, you know, is making music and is being, uh, you know, part of NCT 127 and is all about that, then it seems unless there is a real case here that he did something serious to someone or did something criminal that he needs to be indicted for it seems that there's a lot of just 
hearsay and alleged evidence that he did some things against people that they were slightly irritated by or or have some sort of bad memories of that they are reporting at this point now that he is a public figure. But at this point, it seems that with what has been reported, that at the very least, he has covered his tracks. I mean, you know, the the last person that um, dispatch had reported as far as the informant, the outlet found that the text exchanges between the informant and the victim have pleasant exchanges and things seem to be going well. So there doesn't really seem to be much of a, a case here. I mean, there's really no one that's come forward to say that Taeyong has been, has affected their lives or has, you know, personally um, done something that has affected them. So I, I just don't, you know, I don't see the the issue here. Thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't. I don't get me wrong. Bullying is not cute, and it's not a good thing. And it can be traumatic to people and have long term effects. But I think from the way that I read the story, what judging off of what he said, judging off of how the um, individual it was directed at um, took it and how he apologized and it was reported that you know the alleged victim I shouldn't say alleged I guess the victim um, accepted the apology it's kind of like what are we still talking about like <laughs> it just feels like this is old news and he already apologized and it and the person already accepted his apology like what does the informant want that the victim hasn't already gotten on their own, you know? So, yeah, I, I just don't, I feel like it's being, I feel like the informant wants something more. Like, it's almost like they're trying to get something more from Taeyong or SM, um, which is why they're doing this. Uh, I agree. I don't really follow Tang that much or NCT really, but I have seen a lot of defense of what's going on and just people um, sort of discussing it on Twitter. And it's kind of crazy to me, I guess, looking at it as somebody who has no stakes. It's just like, I don't know, like as Jimmy was saying, bullying can be traumatic and can be you know, life changing in some ways. I mean, there are so many people who kill themselves, you know, because they are being bullied and they don't go to school, they don't function, you know, they hurt themselves, things like that. So I think it is a very serious thing to, to sort of accuse somebody of. Um, and it's, um, and I feel like bullying is so ingrained in, in how minorities are treated and how in schools and stuff like that is just like such an easy thing for kids to fall onto um and fall into in, in, in a lot of ways because um it's it's like that's where your power comes from at, at school right as a kid because i mean all the teachers and the parents and everybody has power so as a kid the only power you can have is by bullying somebody else and so like it is something that is so commonplace in that situation that situation and i know 
people who like were bullies in high school or middle school and like they're upstanding citizens now, you know? So it's not like it's, it's like the scarlet mark <laughs> that follows you around. But then on the flip side, I'm like, he's a known scammer. How could you not, how could it be so impossible for you to believe that he also bullied somebody? I feel like both of them equal to not caring about other people. And so I like, I don't know, for me, it was kind of just like, okay, so he could be a bully. And he could have realized and changed his ways and he's making up for it. Like he's donating a whole bunch of money like every week since the scandal dropped from what I read. I don't know if that's true. Um, and, you know, like, I mean, I don't know Taeyang, but a lot of people seem to love him and think that he's a really good person. So I, I don't really have a definitive opinion on it. I just feel like there's, there's so much people are saying and somewhere in there is the truth. And only Taeyang and this person know the truth. And I don't know, like SM sort of coming in and defending him is kind of strange to me because it's well, it's kind of strange to me because SM usually likes to ride out scandals. Uh, but <laughs> them but coming see, in, that makes me feel even yeah. more like, you know, the informant has something to gain because it feels like I feel like SM would not be so public about something if they weren't like 100% sure. You know what I mean? Like, no, they would because they have a lot more to lose if he, if, if they have another monster X situation where they have to lose a member because everybody's like, LOL, no. Um, especially since I don't feel like NCT, I, like, I mean, I don't know. Is NCT considered like the top group in Korea right now? Like, inter- I mean, obviously BTS. I mean, yeah, I mean but- honest, well, <laughs> to be honest, I don't, I haven't really been keeping up with um, NCT a lot lately, but I, they are a pretty decently known group and their last album sold like the highest amount. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, they have some sort of clout. I mean, they're like a definitely a upper tier group, but not, I wouldn't say as popular as like 17 and BTS and things like that. Oh, but okay. I do feel like, you know, I, the reason why I said that is because SM, like you said, they have that policy of just writing stuff out. And SM will confirm something, even if it's detrimental to their artists, if it's true. I mean, they confirmed every relationship, <laughs> which we know how relationships can be detrimental to a group. I mean, yeah. they, could, they let Chin go on the internet telling folks that he had a child. So, and they said, no, we're not taking him out of EXO. So I, I and, and it's not like they, you know, it's not like they could have taken Chin out because they have all their singers in EXO. Mm, so not right now. <laughs> well, I mean, th- nobody's singing in EXO anyway because they're not promoting right now. So well, I know, I know, but like, what I mean in terms of like singers, mm, they only had yeah, deals in Becca, the army. Becca is a one man vocal line, so that poor man's vocals. All right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think like for me it just feels fishy. Like it just feels like this person and I think because I have seen that Tail actually apologize, like he out of his mouth, like I'm sorry. Like he actually said those words, which is something idols don't say a lot. And the person he was apologizing or like the situations he had been apologizing for. And and you know, if you're listening to this and I might be mixing up this situation with another one, please comment and correct me and I'll definitely correct that. But from what I remember, because mind you, this is a couple years ago when I read this, um, it, the person did accept his apology. If, so, okay, if we're talking about the first, the one from before, I did hear from somebody else, like 
uh, Kipop Mutual that SM had been like railroading the uh, the victim as well too though. So I don't like. I don't know about all yeah. that. I just so, know that he had called somebody fat. That middle. Yeah, school. that's what the the article that I was sourcing from Asian Junkie was saying was that there was a individual that he was currently in contact with that was involved in all of that that he you know was on good terms with. Yeah, that's what I have been reading too, and I just feel like, I mean, if the if that person accepted his apology, like, what are you know what I mean? Like, what more can we do? Like, it's like it's like being mad on somebody's behalf, and that person's not even mad. It's like being mad at Jay Z, even though Beyonce is living her best life. No, I'm a mean. Because <laughs> <laughs> every time, oh, let's not me, start. Every time I write to Jay-Z, I'm like, damn you. And then I remember, like, oh, Beyonce's in love and she's happy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm, fine, Beyonce's husband. But, you know, I get it. I, I actually, like, as I said, I I don't honestly think much about this. I just saw a bunch of, like, tweets about it and I was nosy and I just kind of read some. So that's kind of how I know about the situation. If you've been bullied and you hate bullies and you never want bullies, like, to succeed in life, then, you know, Go ahead. Hate Tian forever. Yeah. But I mean, if he has apologized to the alleged victim and everything is good on that part, then and and he also shows that he has grown from middle school, mind you. <laughs> I, and I feel like, oh, you know, I don't really I wouldn't side eye somebody who's just like, well, it's over. It's done and over with kind of if that was their mentality, you know. Um, but any blind defense will get side eye because you know, like if somebody's like, ah, it doesn't matter. Maybe he was fat. Like I, I would be like, uh, bro. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be real with y'all. I'm kind of confused as to what Nat is going for. <laughs> I, I'm just like, you know, it's it's you know what I'm saying. It's like because I feel like we're gonna be talking a lot more in like in the future or even to the future today um about like blind um fanning and standing and stuff like that so i'm kind of just saying like if you're looking at it and you're looking at all the evidence and you're making like a opinion that you're trying to be objective about because i feel like bullying is a serious situation you know so i feel like you do have to look at it objectively not just subjectively because it could ruin lives and it can kill somebody. Um, but if you're looking at it as an objective sort of like bystander, I don't see why this is trying to become bigger than it needs to. It's kind of what I'm trying to go yeah. for, you know? Like, so I just, I, I personally, and I mean, you know, I'm not even a huge fan of Taeyang. So it's, yeah, I was kind of just like, okay. You don't even know his name. Like that, that's exactly. how much I don't because he raps his rap style is annoying. So <laughs> yes. But anyways, um, I hope that the person who is the alleged victim has, you know, somebody that they can speak to and that they're working towards or that they've already done it and they're already ready to move on. Yeah. Segue. So K-pop fans. So 
to kind of put this next story to kind of put it in perspective this kind of starts with uh recent events in america where our president was uh staging a rally and was anticipating based on the amount of people that were uh that were buying tickets and making reservations and such was expecting uh, hundreds of thousands of, of people there a lot the truth of the matter was once the actual rally took place that it was no more than like maybe six a little more than six thousand people that actually attended and the media caught on that the hundreds of thousands of billions of people that were buying tickets to this rally were kind of pranksters, people on TikTok that were buying uh, tickets and also K-pop fans. And, you know, we've had a lot of things lately where K-pop fans have been connected to current events uh, raising money for Black Lives Matter and attaching themselves to certain hashtags on Twitter to spam them with fan cams. And this all kind of culminated in a interview on a local Fox affiliate that TXT appeared on where they were doing an interview and were actually asked about the Trump rally. And, you know, it's almost like an alternate universe where, you know, you, you see K-pop that is, this is a part of current events and there's a lot of things happening at the moment that are, that are, are really, they're important. And, that are things that we need to, to follow and keep track of, you know, things that we need to really just be able to follow through on because looking back on it, we will we'll be able to see how, you know, the actions of this time will have affected our lives. And, it, it kind of seems like, you know, I already kind of gave my opinion on the matter with the fan cams of kind of seeing it is like a surface level kind of allyship of we're going to spam the spam these uh, hashtags and at the same time, we're going to get these hashtags trending, but it's for our fan cams. And it's like, we don't really need that, right? It, you know, we, we've got the hashtags trending and that's not really what we want. And the media really kind of latched on to the fact that K-pop fans, you know, were part of this thing that, that um, sort of, pranked the president in a way. And all of this, I think, kind of gives K-pop fans a uh, 
false sense of importance uh, and a lot of what's going on lately. You know, there's a lot of people that are trying to do good and trying to, you know, uplift the community and be a positive force for change. And I'm not talking about those people, but there are a lot of people that are just kind of doing things in a performative way. And I think, you know, all of this is kind of part of it. And I really feel that it, you know, with the whole K-pop thing, it's part of this kind of weird desire to be accepted in the Western media with all costs. And we'll get to this, but, you know, with, you know, Blackpink coming back, um, there's a lot of validation seeking in the K-pop community. And I kind of see that within a lot of the things that they do. I'll stop there. <laughs> but what are you guys' uh, thoughts on, well, what is everyone's thoughts on all of this, you know, stuff going on with K-pop kind of intersecting with current events and and being like a factor in in like politics and people being asked about this. People were saying like TXT, oh, they weren't, you know, prepared for this answer. And, you know, people saying, well, if they want to be a Western artist or promote to the West, they need to be expecting these kind of questions. What are your thoughts on this? Um, hmm. So... <laughs> I feel like it's really loaded because while we do like and appreciate the support, the disingenuous nature of that support is so prevalent and just in your face. The fact that they still don't like us, they don't respect us. The other day, Black Armies had to put, like, they were doing a Black Army sort of like Twitter um, trending thing and i'm just like the fact that you have to do that within your own fandom still <laughs> you know it's like such an ex- it's a quote-unquote inclusive place it's it's still kind of crazy to me and so i don't know i just thanks for your money um you know i'm not going to thank you for the fan cam things anymore because you're just you know i personally don't like to see white lives matter trending and and you know like these these sort of like racist hashtags i i I sort of don't like seeing them trend so you putting a luna fan cam on it is not doing anything to help me or my mental health so you know i guess thanks but not really and in terms of the false sense of activism so my theory on that whole thing is that it's once again a way for white people to sort of center themselves because a lot of what I'm seeing about like quote unquote activism is not really by black people in these fandoms th- that I know. Of. And I'm going to say that it is that I know of because I can only see what I see on Twitter and what, you know, passes through our feeds and stuff like that. Like on our timelines, I, I don't go really searching for it. Um, but you know, I feel like we have a pretty decent handle on like the black K-pop fans. Um, and like we try to sort of 
surround ourselves with, you know, like-minded um, sort of like in individuals who are black, you know, um, and who, you know, love K-pop, but, you know, are black first. And so from what I'm seeing anyways, I don't really see a lot of black people at the forefront of these things, which is crazy because we are literally at the forefront of these things. Uh, and it's just like this whole erasure of us once again, that's really frustrating because, you know, we've been saying for decades at this point, like, stop being racist, care about black people. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, K-pop fans care about black people. And it's like no black people really that you are seeing here, you know? I do know that um, one of the podcasters from 106 in Seoul, um, they are in a, I think they're quoted in a Team Vogue piece. I haven't actually gotten a chance to read it yet, but at least there's that. And, you know, although some people hopefully are getting, are, are, are getting decent pitches <laughs> from um, publications. And, you know, we're always open to speak to journalists and, and sites and, and things like that as well, too. But it's like, they don't want our voices because if we actually speak up on what goes on in K-pop, they're not going to like it. They're not going to like what we have to say because they're going to view it as negative. And it's like, yeah, of course it's negative. I mean, we are subjected to racism daily, almost daily in the K-pop world. And that's just the K-pop world. That's like our fun escape from the regular world, which is also its own pile of shit. So it's, I think that it's, it's intentional erasure where they can use the movement for clout for their faves and for their fandoms and for K-pop, but they don't really mean it. They don't really care. And I'm not saying everybody, obviously, but from what I'm seeing, the same people who were defending Jim Jones recording in, in Yungi's song and defending their faves, not saying anything because it's a Western problem. It has nothing to do with them or like, um, I only do what BTS tells me to do or I only do what my favorite artists do tell me to do. Uh, and because I saw that <laughs> only for BTS to turn around, donate a million dollars and your fans to be like, let's match it. Because all of a sudden they, it's not it, like, it's just disingenuous, you know, like you didn't do it because you wanted to help black people because you would have done it before you would have done this fundraiser before, but you only did it because your fave did it. And so now we're seeing here too, like, Oh, well, you know, it's hot topic. And, you know, we need to rebrand K-pop because, you know, people are starting to realize that the Black people, the Black fans in K-pop, not all of us, obviously, um, but a lot of the Black fans in K-pop are, you know, they are saying that K-pop is racist. <laughs> and they're saying that fandoms are, they have a whole bunch of um, internalized racism. And, you know, they don't want that to come out because just like in Korea and like with the K-pop, you know, you want to keep this clean perfect image you know like where everything is is like a field of lilacs and 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 the sun is shining on your face and it's a perfect day you know like you want everybody to believe that it's perfect and there's no problems and there's so much rot inside of the k-pop fandoms that you know it's starting to leak out and people are starting to see it for what it is and they're trying to cover it up because now they're saying like oh k-pop fans are activists they they are pushing for a better world and i i mean I have noticed, too, that since, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, Black Lives Matter, the movement is dying down. They have also switched to like, oh, well, these people don't just donate to Black people. They donate to this and they raise awareness to this and they raise awareness to this. So they're really just global activists. And this rebrand is very interesting <laughs> because 
in one one hand, you do see it being pushed by especially the Western media who's latched on because, oh, these another thing that is a problem is the ageism. Oh, these K-pop children and these TikTok children are the ones who are, you know, the activists. And it's like, well, there's a lot of older people on TikTok, a lot of older people on K-pop. It's been around for a very long time. Uh, so it's not just kids who's who's doing this. You know, it's people, a lot of different age groups that are that are doing these things. But the Western media has sort of like clicked on and they've decided what what narrative they want to tell, what story and POV they want to tell. And so you could see with the way all these stories are framed exactly the same, we're not involved. <laughs> it's just the K-pop kids and the TikTok kids, mostly white and probably Asian, um, because they feel like those are the only people who are into K-pop who, and it's not just kids, like it's like probably specifically girls. And it's just really frustrating just so annoying on so many levels and i'm laughing because at this point like you know the world is what it is you know there's not much that can be done at, at this point like we can work we are working towards better but you know we're just gonna roll with it and so who knows what the outcome will be and who knows what the vote in your country is going to be um but i definitely feel like the k-pop role is sort of um and this they're sort of on this tip of rebranding themselves into activists who are kind of against trump but not really because they espouse a lot of the things that he also espoused so it's it's just putting like for me personally i just don't like it I hate it actually. I'm really frustrated and annoyed. I'm not surprised because, as I said, I feel like that was kind of something that was going to happen. And this it's sort of like a natural progression from like slime will do what slime does. And so it is what it is. But it's just really, really frustrating that, you know, we're not even <laughs> like in, in, in this in the beginning when it was like this whole Black Lives Matter thing, it was like anti-blackness. Black people are not even at the forefront of black of anti-blackness, you know, like what there's so many black podcasts and like content creators in k-pop world in the anime world and like a lot of these like science fiction fantasy romance you know a lot of these things that are considered niche markets there's so many black content creators in these places and spaces and just like so repeatedly dunked on it's just so disgusting and so i i mean if you are listening to this podcast hopefully you're listening to it with a, an open mind and i mean there are a lot of people out there who want to do better, who are learning to be to do better. And, you know, kudos to you. And there's some people who, you know, will do whatever, you know, their cult leaders say that they should do. And I don't think I have anything else to say. Card. Cards member. BM uh, has announced that he has made his big titty gang merchandise from his stadium brand dream come to fruition and the merch will go on sale on june 18th on the brand's site which is www.stadiumla.com and he's also confirmed that part of the profits from any stadium apparel will be donated to the breast cancer research foundation in august and then he did, uh, he made an Instagram post, uh, Instagram TV post, 
where he kind of mentioned that he wanted to mention breast cancer awareness to in honor of anyone who is struggling or has struggled because of it. And then he said that there was a fan that was in the process of beating her breast cancer. And she had told him at the end of uh, one of their shows that their music was helping her get through her chemotherapy. So that was kind of a motivation for him. So, and he's, you know, he said that 90% of their receivings will go straight to funding research. So I'm all on, you know, I'm all on the train with uh, the big titty gang. BM has always seemed like a cool laid back type of guy and um, they're helping, you know, it's a, it's a good cause that they're helping for. And I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Um, as someone who has personally, you know, had someone close to them pass away from breast cancer, it is nice to hear that they are, that they're um, raising money for that cause. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have anything bad to say about that. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a really good thing. Like, I like it. I think it's a cool idea and it fits in with his brand and everything like from a, so from like a business perspective, it makes sense. And then also from the perspective of, you know, you want to give back to a cause that's really important. I think that's super cool. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, BM has always seemed like a decent dude and he's not like he's, he's, trying to help in whatever way that he can. And I'm on the website and like that line is completely sold out. So kudos to all the fans uh, (laughs) who ordered big titty gang t-shirts or jerseys. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, the way that they're trying to make a difference in however way that they can. So that's good. I like having good news. Yeah, I don't even usually like in terms of their music. Card is not my cup of tea always, but I've heard some pretty good things like happening for them just in their you know respective endeavors that they've been carrying out. Like just you know not just as card and as as artists, but just other things that they're doing. And it just seems like uh, there's a lot of good things coming out of um, card. So yeah, well, um, what's her name? One of the girls, um, shoot, not Shiwan. Is her name Shiwan? Uh, I'll look up her name because I, I feel like I need to. Uh, she's on that show Good Girls or Good Girl, which is that like uh, music reality show where they compete in Hyoyeon from Girls' Generations on it. Uh, Ailey's on it. And it's like rappers, singers, anybody who's like already established in the industry's on it. Oh, Jiwoo. It's Jiwoo who's on it. And I've been hearing good things about her on the show. I'm going to watch it because I've been hearing some really good things about it. And uh, the performances seem pretty decent. So it seems like right now they're they're sort of focusing on individual work. And I hope that they, you know, finally get some respect in Korea. Because <laughs> Card has been hustling on a global scale for a while, you know. And I do like their music and I do hope for the best with them. 
And I, I do hope that their next, next single is a little bit more um, my style. <laughs> uh, because the last one's was not. But, you know, if Don't Recall comes on, that's my jam. So kudos to, to Cardin for giving us good news. So the ultimate K-pop supergroup is happening. UJ Suk, Rain, and Hyori, Lee Hyori, are coming together to form a K-pop supergroup for the variety show, How Do You Play? Rain is going to take the name B-Rong. Lori will become Linda G. And UJ Suk is U-Dragon for the group. And I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to spell it out. S-S-A-K-3. And they've released some pictures of themselves decked out for this project. But I personally have always wanted Rain and Lee Hyori to work together. Not so much UJ Suk. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he's more in the comedy realm. He's more of a television personality. But I think it could work. Uh you know, he's more the comic relief. Uh, I think, I, I don't know how he's going to be utilized in this group. But, like I said, Rain and Lee Fury, I'm very interested to see how that will interact, how they will interact, because I've always felt like they should have done something together, especially during their prime years back in like 2007, 2008. Um, I think they did do a few like special stages together or maybe one or two. And, you know, I always felt like they very much complimented each other. So I, I am looking forward to this in a sense, but, you know, time will tell if this will actually catch on with the Korean public, I suppose. Um, I think Lee Hyori, at least, is well-liked with, with the Korean public. I, I don't know about Rain. <laughs> um, UJ Silk, I think, is very, very popular. So I think they'll have success with this, with this pod project overall. Any thoughts? I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, Rain and Lee Hyori were you know, huge back in the day. And like my early journey into K-pop was around, I wouldn't say, I would say it's around their, their prime still. Like they were still kind of like at the top of the game. So I, you know, I just kind of love the fact that they're still able to come back because, you know, Korea, like K-pop is such an age game. Like it's such an age dominated industry, you know, where the younger you are, the more well-loved you are in a lot of ways. So it's good that they're able to come back. Like Rain, as you said, is probably, um, I don't know how the Korean, like how do the Korean public sort of feel about Rain? Because I, I feel like he hasn't really dropped much in a while. I mean. Yeah, there is some kind of, I, I can't really 
you know, it's kind of fuzzy in my mind. But during his whole time in the military, there was some controversy, I think, about him. And, you know, like special treatment or whatever, like he had kind of a rough time as far as him like doing stuff in the military and whether or not he was getting special treatment, I think. Oh, there's all like four paragraphs, four different paragraphs on his Wikipedia page about like legal issues with like embezzlement and stuff like that. So I oh, mean, wow. yeah. I'm because <laughs> like I know that there's some I know that there's some skeletons in that man's closet. I just couldn't remember what they were. Uh, also, <laughs> though, I mean, there was that whole scandal too, where like allegedly he said that he had a one night stand with Lee Hyori and she what? Uh, yeah, okay. You have to follow the links on Agent Junkie, but like I had remembered something about that too. So I was like, hmm, maybe there's something I need to look up. Because I need I need more information because I feel like there's more than just the fact that they were both were really popular around the same time. And yeah, yeah. so allegedly he was on a radio station and he was saying he, he must have bragged about the fact that he had a one night stand with her. And people were like, oh, well, he didn't know that they were recording. So he said it and it's the truth. And and then she had to come out and say, like, when you do like radio calls, they have to tell you when you're on the air. Like you, there's no way that you don't know that you're on the air. So that's how, like, sort of as a way to debunk it. I don't know. It sounds kind of shady both ways. Huh. But <laughs> I just remember there was one time where Lee Hyori was in an interview and was talking about, like, she saw, like, Rain's body when he was, like, changing clothes or something like that. And she was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a thing for her to say in an interview. <laughs> They'd <laughs> be like, yeah, you know, I just was, I was at the, you know, NBC, you know, we're here to perform. I walked into the wrong room. There's rain and like, no shirt. He's he's still putting his pants on, and you know, huh? Nice. <laughs> I can see. I to- could totally see her doing it and, and like walking out. <laughs> I love Lee Yuri, so I'm not surprised. And uh, I mean, I do actually really love too UJ Sook because he he just always comes across as like such a nice guy and so well loved and beloved by not just like the Korean public, by like idols and people mm. in the industry. So I mean, it would be one thing if he was just loved by like fans and stuff like that, but he's actually loved by people in the industry who who you know always want him to sort of be at the forefront of things that they do and especially with Lee Hyori and him like they have a really good relationship because I've watched almost all her variety and she loves to go on shows that he's on and whenever mm-hmm. you do they do those things where they have to call an idol or call a celebrity for something he calls her and she always picks up and so I feel like they have a really good relationship and he's he's generally a really funny guy so I'm not surprised that he would you know be the comedic aspect of this but I still feel like it's going to be really, really fun and just interesting to see what they bring. And I think it'll be not just a funny thing, but I think that it's going to also be um, like, it's going to sound good. I think it's going to be sonically like a good song because I feel like Rain has really good taste in music. And I feel like they're going to probably regress uh, Lee Hyori back to her, you know, here it's it's hurry um days where you know she did um you go girl and stuff like that i feel like she's gonna bring more of the sexy and stuff like that back and be like that pop girl versus the indie star that she's been trying to be for a while so i'm kind of excited <laughs> to see that that 
Curie again. So I, I'm excited for it. I'm really happy. Usually in the summer, the only thing we had to look forward to was a sister release, but we haven't had that for a couple of summers and it's been really dry. So I'm happy. I, I'm I'm really happy that there's stuff to look forward to again, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's been really, really bare bones for K-pop lately, I guess, because of obviously, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, it's there was a lot of things that they couldn't do. So this is exciting. This is fun. Yay. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on. Uh, I did not mention this in the beginning, but we can definitely talk about this now. Uh, Let's talk about the comebacks that are that are we are looking at within the next few days. Ju Young and Hayes or Hayes will be dropping a song on July 1st, I think. So I'm actually really excited mostly because I really love Ju Young and so I'm really excited to see what he comes out with and I think there's Chunga has a release coming out. It's looks interesting. Uh, Hwasa is coming out with a song called Maria. And that's actually going to be out soon. Also, Astro, Atiz, Zico's coming back. So I feel like K-pop is sort of like coming out from the shadows <laughs> in a lot of ways. This really has been a strange year where I feel like there have there's maybe been one release that has kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And everything else, I really feel like I was over it really quickly. Yes. Yes. So, and it's strange because, you know, every year since I've gotten into K-pop, there's been at least one song where I was like, this is a new song that came out this year, and I probably will keep this on my playlist indefinitely. But there has not been that song for me yet. Really? Yes. Maybe the newest song, I'm in trouble, but that's really it. A Pink's for me was like that's a song where like it I look for it and also just sometimes pops up on a playlist and I'm like yes it's it's such a feel-good song I love it two bits um I don't I got into Onus or Onus Onus I got into Onus this year and I do like huh go on yeah I, I got into them this year and I really do like um Valkyrie and another song from them that I can't quite put my finger on right now. And uh, I'm actually really interested to see Irene and Silgi's, um or Silgi's, uh song because <laughs> I'm really interested just to see how that's going to work, like vocally. <laughs> but also, I think it's going to be like a really interesting and in a positive way, like very positive aesthetic. Uh, and like the dancing is going to be pretty, pretty, I think it'll be pretty live. So I'm really excited to see what they come out with. I would have honestly personally for me, if I did a subunit of Red Velvet, I would have done those two and Joy. But, <laughs> you know, it's fine with, with Irene and Sogi. So I, I'm just really interested to see how that is going to work, especially since XOSC is also coming back. And I feel like they kind of work in the same way, but it's... Yeah, it's gonna be interesting seeing a lot of these comebacks and new faces, and uh, just see K-pop sort of pick up steam again. What about you guys? Well, 
<laughs> no, I, I I don't know if there's any comebacks that I'm necessarily excited for. I'm just kind of like going through the motions a lot with it. You know, just if somebody comes out with something good, great. But I think because so far the year has been dud after dud, it's just been not even necessarily dud after dud, but it's just been a weird year to where like there's been so many other things happening that it, on top of the fact that there hasn't been anything that's absolutely outstanding, you know, that mm. a lot of it just kind of feels like the same. In some in some ways, like a lot of the music just kind of starts to fall into this like bowl of just like repetitive music or it's too noisy. It's not it doesn't hit that sweet spot. And part of that is like my like I know my personal music taste has been kind of evolving, but a lot of it too is just the fact that there hasn't been the it song of twenty twenty, you know? Where and I and I'm not expecting it this early because, you know, some other years it took a while for there to be a it song. Whereas, you know, a couple of years ago, you you had an it song at the beginning of the year, like you know, love scenario, shine, those types of songs. So, even yeah. that love scenario came out in October, I think. Yeah, but October is so close to January; it's basically the beginning of the year. I have to agree. I'm actually looking at like the Wikipedia page for K-pop in 2020, mm-hmm. and I totally forgot about so many of these songs that came out <laughs> yeah <laughs> like there's like so much has happened since like uh everglow dropped dun dun you know like so much has happened i totally forgot that song was dropped this year i actually really do still what, like what, the song. Last year? no it's february uh, he, he, <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> exactly and yeah it just has not been that great I feel like this generation of idols in general, like they're competent, but they don't have that kind of star power that previous generations have had. And Mm. I I don't know, like, I just can't really put my finger on it, but, you know, they're fine, you know, doing the idol thing, but they just don't really stand out. Nobody takes risk anymore. That's why. It's yeah. um, very by the numbers. Or if they take risks. Have you guys seen that meme where it said, uh, if SM stops, if SM has to stop using black producers, all their music will sound like that new Kong Daniel. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it like a bunch of plates planking up against each other. <laughs> you know what? How many times I've seen that like video of Kang Daniel dancing in his and I don't if it's like a live performance he did like for a virtual performance or what it is but like it's him dancing and he's supposed to be popping off but he doesn't pop off at all (laughs) and I'm just like people stop showing me this video (laughs) I'm begging you okay stop showing me this video (laughs) and I say all that to say stream Kang Daniel he's a king Anyway, <laughs> any other comebacks that we are interested in, even like rumblings of of comebacks? Big Bang. Hopefully, we'll have a comeback this year. I was gonna say I thought their comeback basically basically uh, canceled because of Coachella. YG is gonna be broke soon. They can't afford not to have a big <laughs> comeback. Winner flopped. Icon flopped. They need money. Okay, <laughs> they need the monies. So. <laughs> um... <laughs> 
I can't really, besides, you know, the obvious ones, I can't really think of anything specific. Like, you know, as long as things, I, I hope there's something that comes out that is like undeniable, you know? Yeah. Um, Me too. Because I think we need something like that, especially like a nice little summer type feel because of, I don't know, it's just so much stuff going on, just something fun and also really good. Yes, I feel like I a lot of people are going to instantly like make Blackpink that it thing. Like, mm. you know, just because they're out there and they have so much um, presence on the internet and everything and they're, you know, making a lot of noise that they're going to be like, oh, you know, this is the track of the summer. And, you know, I, I just feel like in general, they have a lot of things on their side and they're kind of going to, you know, going to be that, you know, it's song by default. Mm, okay. I can, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I can see that people like are really hungry and thirsty. And I feel like with, twice as more and more um a lot it was really polarizing it's really it was a really polarizing song too so and then especially with netizens being on them for their singing um competence and uh <laughs> yeah, yeah where does that come from like all these years and then all of a sudden people are like what's with twice not being able to sing it's yeah. like why did that take you so long to realize? <laughs> well, the thing is, it hasn't. From the very beginning, they have been complaining about not just their singing, um, like their vocals, but also with the way that they pronounce things. Because apparently they pronounce it really weird. I obviously would not be able to tell, but Koreans do. And so they've always complained about their uh, their pronunciation and also about their singing talents as i remember when neon had done uh, a song at the end of the one of those end of year shows and it was like a song for your parents or whatever and she sang it live and she got trashed uh completely trashed by the the korean media because she sounded not very good and that's actually so, something that i've heard a, um a lot from korean people and korean media is that like a lot not even just twice but like a lot of k-pop songs for mm -hmm. some reason, like they tend to pronounce things in a like a kind of a with an accent, like a like a, a foreign way. Oh. It doesn't sound like the natural flow of Korean, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. I mean, I, I of course, don't really feel like it's my place to have a, a deep opinion on that just because it's not my native language. Um, yeah. But I do sometimes notice certain things or like. And it's not just like a foreign idol thing. It's just like in K-pop songs specifically that happens a lot. And I wonder if it's just because um, of like the target demographic of most K-pop is like, um, like, I, I don't know. What's the best type of genre to like, for example, I think the way they describe it, like some of the people I know who describe it, it's kind of similar to how I would describe the way a lot of like rock, stars pronounce words like uh made it parade for example i don't know if you guys know this group but they're a band and like some of the way they say stuff it's like it it, it doesn't sound like standard english so like and i'm talking about american rock bands i'm not talking about like any other obviously 
it's not a problem if a foreigner does it because they're foreign. But they do this thing where it's like a mixture of vocal fry and then just like pronouncing things with like the weirdest twang. It's not even like a country twang. It's just like a, a rock music twang. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Like a lot of rock stars do it. Is it like um, maybe it's a stylistic choice for the genre? Yeah, no, it's definitely, I'm thinking, is what it is. And it's not okay. necessarily a bad thing. No. It's just, like, it can be strange to the ears if you, like, obviously, it's different because here, rock music is not that mainstream. Whereas, no. Okay, pop is supposed to be, you know, pop. It's pop music. So it's supposed to, like, cover all different types of genres. So... I can see like why that can be strange to hear it happening across genres. If you hear like a mispronunciation and then, and then also too speaking on foreign idols and their pronunciation and twice has a lot of foreign idols. Yes. Um, Koreans, they're not scared to go in on that. Like, Oh, and we know. <laughs> went on Jackson heavy from God seven. Oh. And it, it's, I'm, I don't have, like I said, I don't really have a pain on it, so, but I can, like, I definitely can see them going in on twice for their pronunciation specifically. Well, on also too, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say also too, I mean, rappers mispronounce things all the time so that they rap, so that that's they write. Kind of, that's true too. I think, yeah. I think the difference that I see in the mispronunciation in yeah. like a lot of rap music though, yeah. is stems from like an actual way that people speak in society like a dialect versus oh. the way that rock singers mispronounce things that's not a dialect and i would assume that like that's kind of how koreans see it like it's not like people are singing in satuti the whole time right it's not like that it's like they're singing what's supposed to be like soul standard korean but they're just like you know the way they're abbreviating words or it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I, it, one thing, okay. Actually, this is a good point. I know I say like oh, all over the place, but sometimes I'll be listening to a song and then I'll like, I'll like not understand exactly what they say. And then I read the lyrics and then I realize that they've abbreviated a song, uh, abbreviated a word in a really weird way. So like they'll completely take off one part of the word so that like, it's better or it sounds better yeah, it's so that it rhymes you know what i mean mm -hmm. but they'll take off an important part of the word so i can like it, that happens a lot in k-pop i see that a lot and i i remember specifically i've seen it happen at points with like just different groups that i i enjoy like i just noticed that they do that quite a bit i wonder if it might be a product of writing of the song first being in a foreign language and then they mm -hmm. can translate it into like the Hangul version. And that's why. Oh, that's an interesting point, because um, we do know that, you know, a lot of the songs are written by foreign artists first. I mean, do you remember that K-pop documentary that me and you watched last year, um, Matt? Yeah. Um, we did a minisode about it where the journalist was talking about that. And she talked about how or it, it, it wasn't even just the journalists. They actually had segments where they were talking to the American writers and like the non-Korean writers and they wrote the full song in English and then yeah. would get translated into Korean and not even necessarily translated, but like the 
like line by line, but just like the the meaning, like the sentiment of the song. Or the theme, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that also sort of contributes to that particular situation. I mean, we don't know for sure, uh, but it is an interesting sort of opinion to have for, because obviously, you know, these are native speakers and this is, you know, they're one of their biggest experts. So I, I could see why they would feel some sort of way about not even being able to understand it. Understand it right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I get that. Uh, but yeah, as I said, they have been roasting twice for a while. <laughs> I mean, there are so many fan cams of Neon like lip singing and clearly, obviously lip singing. Like she'll put the mic down forgetting that she's yeah. so wrong. So, <laughs> so people, I, people get upset <laughs> if you roast. People, you know, I, I notice a lot of fans will get upset if you roast like you know, the singing abilities of these idols. But the fact of the matter is that is your job. Like you get paid millions of dollars to, and I get that idols are a little different from artists to the point where like in Korea, right? Most idols are not viewed as singers first. They're viewed as celebrities, like just famous people who, you know, uh, are like perfect role models, right? But they get that way because they sell music. And I feel like, I don't know, like, I don't think it's a big deal to like, if somebody can't sing, they can't sing. Like, I, I don't think that's a, something that people should be, I, I don't know. I don't, I think it's not the same as other types of, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like, I think that type of stuff is funny. Every joke I see about like somebody who like, I don't know, like, like for example, people make fun of people who can't rap all the time oh yes they do i mean soundcloud rappers have become a joke in their own right so it's like and that's actually a skill set as well as you know just in the same vein as singing so it's like if we can call that out then why can't we call out people who can't sing even though they can pay millions of dollars to do that yeah absolutely and i do think like a facet of the complaints is that they are in a place right now in their career where they no longer can say like they're rookies and they're they're learning and they're still working on it. Like they should be better. And I, I honestly do understand that point of view. Cause I feel like if you've been in the industry long enough, you should at least work on improving yourself as a, as a performer. And I'm not saying that you need to be out here singing Mariah Carey songs. I'm not saying that, but if you can't even like, like, so um, there was a, uh, they had do, done an encore um, performance of More and More recently. And they had, and they, they weren't even really dancing. They were just like walking around with the mic and singing. And, you know, some of them were still really shaky. And it's like, dude, like, yeah, <laughs> you're not even like, <laughs> you're not dancing right now. You should at, le- at the very least be stable. At the very least. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't dog and like bully somebody for it or anything like that. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna like make your life miserable because you can't sing. But like I'm gonna, if if I mean the jokes write themselves, I'm not gonna stop myself from laughing if I see you. You're you've been an idol for six years now, and you still haven't. To me, like it's kind of like think of it this way: if you applied that to any other job it would be perfectly fine to call it out. But for some reason, like with idols, people don't think that that's that's fine. But like, think about it. If you had a professional athlete who couldn't, like a professional hockey player who could not uh, ice skate, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, a professional basketball player who couldn't dribble and walk at the same time, dribble and run at the same time, or, you know, any a, a CEO. Actually, this is a good one. If you had a president who couldn't run a country, <laughs> like, right. you, would have, you would have so many questions. Like, what are you being paid for? So exactly. I, the critiques are are valid, and and if people decide they want to make get, get these jokes off, get these jokes off. I don't think that you don't you necessarily. Obviously, you should not be like personally insulting something that somebody can't change. But yeah. if somebody can work on something and they are either refusing to or um, they allow other things to get in the way of them improving that thing that they're getting paid millions of dollars to do, then that is super valid to comment on. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I have been very open and honest about the fact that I feel like BTS is way too rich to be singing like that. So if I can say that about BTS, I can definitely say that about Twice. And I I mean, I love Twice. I do like their music. I, you know, I have been very open about really enjoying their music. And so it's it's not that I I don't like Twice and, you know, I'm being a hater. It's just like, you know, as you said, you've been in this industry so long. You're at a company that, you know, somewhat cares about vocals in, in some ways. It's, it's not at SNE's <laughs> level, but it's definitely far above YGE's level, you know? So, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of weird to me that you are not getting better. And even like Jiho, who is like supposed to be their main singer, like I feel like she has not improved at all either. She's, I feel like she's improved in a lot of other ways though so I, I feel like in that regard I do give her a little bit more slack because I feel like she has gotten so much better as a performer so much better as a dancer especially like I was watching some fan cams for her and she was dancing better than some of the people in the group who are supposed to be considered dancers so she has definitely improved herself in a lot of ways and, and you can see obviously you know she the Korean way of describing it would be that she she manages her her, her body right but she's definitely um more toned and she's not using so much pale white filters on her pictures she's allowing her natural skin color to come out so i stand but (laughs) some of the other girls it's like just work on it obviously like you have the money to do it by now so please just put some effort into it we don't need you to be belting out tunes or anything like that most of your roles are not to do that so i get it but in like a lot of the older groups and i mean i know a lot of people are like oh you know second gen is not second gen is like this wall in a lot of ways for a lot of people and the thing is that like even a girl group like girls generation and you know some of the older groups like 21 and and sister and and tiara and stuff like that they could hold their own in encore performances even people who are notoriously known for not singing can hold their, their own in like perform in like the encore performances at the very least. So the, that is a very, very low bar that we are just asking you, asking for you to reach and just put some effort into it. They have vocal coaches at JYP. They do. So please, twice, please use them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even like, I don't know, maybe because I'm not like a huge twice fan, but like yeah. I'm not even taking it and to the heart about it. I'm just like, to me, it's just, you know, it makes for some good jokes. And if really they, get better, they get better, great. And if they don't get better, I just won't personally be listening because I care about my ears. So it's, <laughs> I don't know, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't even have to be that deep in no. the way I think people are reading it. It's just, it's just a fact of, of 
of life, right? It's just a fact that of their situation. So yeah, like you're saying, um, hopefully they get better in, in terms of you know their vocals. If they don't, that's that's their business. I have been listening to them all this whole time, so it's not like I'm going to stop listening to Twice. <laughs> Some songs are not singy songs, so exactly. you don't need people to sing well for it to sound good. Exactly. Uh, certain groups are definitely familiar with that concept, so out of tone. But yes, yeah. Uh, like, I um. <laughs> Icon has been in the news. Well, not really Icon, but uh, a member of Icon, Icon's June. Uh, I have put a link in the for you guys to click on. It is, I believe, the very first link. And I just want you to watch it. It's only a six second video. So everybody just watch it. Okay. Have you guys been able to see it? Where's Pants, dude? What a good question, Ash. Okay. He's wearing shorts or like boxers or something. So, I mean, that's how I am when I have meetings. I mean, I'm not having video meetings at that, but <laughs> okay. I kind of get it. So for those uh, wearing shorts under his t-shirt, for those of our listeners who maybe have not seen this video, there is a video going around um, on Twitter and the Internet of uh, Icons June. He is on Live and he gets up for a second um, from his chair to close the door in the background. And when he gets up, the first thing you notice is he's not wearing pants. Um, to me, it looks like he is wearing some sort of underwear or some very, very short booty shorts. Um, but really also, <laughs> too, <laughs> like one booty cheek looks like it's covered, but then the other booty cheek looks like it's hanging out. So I'm a little confused. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, he is a visual for the group, so maybe he was just really committed to his job. Maybe so. Um, <laughs> very shocking because one thing that we know is that in K pop, lots of times even male artists are very um, sort of, well, I, I shouldn't say even male artists, it's actually only male artists because it seems like a female artist, there's a little bit more room to like wear really, really short shorts that show like one of your boochies hanging out or whatever. But um, male artists lots of times cover up. I know like a lot of groups, you know, they'll do, you know, I, I just have to use this example because it's the one that I know. But BTS, for example, um, when they go swimming, anytime they go swimming and any of their things, they, they don't wear bathing suits. They just wear like a, a t-shirt and, and shorts. You know what I mean? Like they're wearing clothes in the pool. So it, it's there's this, this thing about covering up and and, you know, there can't be they don't you know, if they're shirtless, it gets blurred out. Does that happen to you guys as male faves ever? Uh, not that I noticed, to be honest. Maybe um, BTS is the only group that does it then. I don't know, because every, I've noticed every time BTS is shirtless, they blur it out um, or like the camera will pan all the way, zoom in on their eyes so you can't see like below the neck. It's very much a, a a modest type of environment, and it's just interesting because I, I can't I I don't I think it's funny. It's hilarious um, <laughs> that he just got up <laughs> like he didn't even think about it. He just jumped up from the chair, and then when he looked at the camera, he realized that like you could see his booty cheeks, and so he starts pulling his shirt down. And I thought it was funny, and I thought that uh, we could watch it 
because something first and most it's more fun and lighthearted, especially during this time where you know half the stuff we talk about is either people being racist or people catching corona. Um, so you know it, it's good to have these lighthearted moments, but also like, what do you guys think about this? Is this something that has happened to you? Um, do you think that this was intentional? Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it's intentional. It looks like something happened. He had to go to the door. And then, because he kind of pulled his his shirt down a bit <laughs> when he got out. Yeah, but you would think that they would say something about it or yeah. try to scrub it from the internet, you know, so that people can't like <laughs> show it over and over again. It's not a big deal, I don't think. So I feel like that's probably why they just haven't done it because it's like he's wearing shorts or boxers or whatever. Like he's not naked and. Well, get up. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like I really, honestly, don't get it. But I guess in a modest society like Korea pretends to be, they would have a problem with that. But also, I feel like they'd have a problem with anything that any group from YG does, right? So <laughs> it's probably also just like fuel for that, you know. Um, but like he's clearly like, com- like he pulls his shirt down too. Like it's, it's not, and he's in his room. He's just, you know. Doing this for fun. I don't really see a problem with it. I don't know. Dude, where are your pants? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I think what's funny, it's like, it's the idea that his job is being a K-pop star. So imagine yeah. if your jo- like at your job, this this was you, right? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is you. It's pretty funny thought. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was really interesting uh, and funny. Not really interesting in that way, but just interesting because it's like, People were really shocked that he just kind of got up and his booty cheeks were hanging out. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it, and it, like, it happened. It was just funny. Um, cute. Yeah. Cute. I thought it was a very humanizing moment, I think. Yeah, like it just makes him feel like less of a robot, like most K pop stars do tend to look. And it just looks like a real person who's just hanging out with his, his, his family because that's how they treat their fans, right? So. I kind of yeah, I like it. You well, like just it? like in like, <laughs> no, it's like in general, like you know um, how uh, most idols treat their their fans as like a family member, or, like whatever. So I feel like it maybe caused him to be a little bit more relaxed than he would like, <laughs> or maybe I he just, should have been. I don't know. I just am confused about the series of events that led him to be pantsless in front yeah. of the <laughs> camera. Yeah. That is a very curious I thing. Like, I personally would have been like, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. But, oh, that's okay. the next topic. Chloe <laughs> <laughs> hey. and Hallie, because they're about to perform on the BET Awards. Um, no. Oh. Apparently, they're performing soon, if not right away. But yeah. Did I say that I've been listening to that album nonstop? Because I'm listening to that album nonstop. It's so good. So, it is so really, good. It's, it's so good. Yeah. It's, just, uh, it's what, I, what I need right now. It's awesome. What's the next topic? Uh, okay. Well, I would like to give condolences uh, for TST member Johan. He passed away at 28. Um, cause of death was withheld by the family and funeral and burial services have been arranged. He was act- 
Johan was active on social media until at least the end of May. Uh, it looks like about the last one of the last uh, Instagram photos he had was one of him smiling on the shore of a beach. And that was around, can't really see when it was around, but it got over 95,000 likes. And um, it's very, it's another example of, you know, K-pop idols leaving us too soon. So condolences to his family and friends. Um, yeah, RIP. I don't really know TST, uh, but it is really sad when anybody passes away, especially, you know, too soon. Uh, but yeah, uh, RIP to him and his family, his friends. And, you know, I do want to send some love to the fan base because it, it is a really hard thing to sort of get through. Yeah, uh, rest in peace. Um, it's very, very somber occasion. Um, so, yeah, just all the love and thoughts and prayers out to the family, his friends, and his fans. Okay, next story. Um, after Pledis entered the Hong Sung Su was, was reported to have unfairly profited off royalties from Is One's songs by giving his wife songwriting credits, Han Sung Su has now withdrawn his wife's credits as So Jay and will, will return the royalties. So basically, he kind of gets to get off without any consequences and or any repercussions for all of the shady stuff that he was doing to begin with and the stands are going to continue listening to the group so it's you know as Asian Junkie said it's almost a question of why wouldn't they continue to cheat labor out of money so the whole this whole produce one oh one thing is still it's still shady. Um and as long as these people continue to make money off of this whole process of making these groups, they'll find ways to cheat the system and make money off of it without having to um you know give their due, you know, give money or make their due payments in, as part of the process. I feel like it's not going to really affect the groups or the shows. I mean, we're going to still, can, I mean, people are still watching these shows. They're still buying the music. So it's still going to continue on. And there may be some small changes here and there, but it's not really going to change. I don't think. Yeah. I, <laughs> my title for this was, um, what was it? Punished for being a good husband. <laughs> Cause he, <laughs> the in his wife's name. So she would get money from it. And I'm like, uh, you know, I get it, but <laughs> also, yeah, don't, don't scam things because 
if they're if they have to divide the money even more so to add to pay his wife, then the people who actually did the work are getting less money. And so that is definitely fraud and that is definitely a scam. And uh I don't know what power Pledis has. I guess maybe now more so than before because they're tied now to big hit with whatever merger or whatever thing that they did recently. Uh, but it's just kind of crazy that he's not actually punished for this. <laughs> like, it's just like, Oh my bad. I thought I did this completely illegal thing that hurt other people. We apologize and we'll stop doing it from now on. Like what? That's, uh, that's nothing. Hmm. It's actually really disappointing, but we have talked about uh, the legal system you know, not just in Korea, but in, in a lot of different countries and how um, it's not fair. And there's not really a lot of punishment towards des deserving people. Uh, so it is unfortunate. I do hope, though, that like if I was a writer in the song and this woman was getting my money, I would be like, no, you need to give me that money or I'm going to I'm going to press charges. So but we'll see how I guess if anything more comes of it, we'll see more of it in the future. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Well, in other reality show news, Mnet's newest reality show, Island, I Dash Lind, uh, is a collaboration between CJ EM and Big Hit Entertainment and is already under fire due to injuries that have reportedly resulted from unsafe conditions to the staff. On June 15, it was reported that a trainee and a staff member have been injured while filming for the show. A source states to Sports Chosun, the stage on set was movable and so dangerously designed that even professionally trained dancers could have fallen and gotten injured. Concerns about safety were raised during the internal meetings, but they pushed ahead with it anyway. Three days prior to the recording, a staff member fell from the stage and bled, but no follow-up action is being taken. On the day of the filming, one of the trainees fractured his arm and was taken to the emergency room, so he couldn't appear on the show at all. And from further reports, it seems that safety measures were not taken and the stage was only slightly modified. And staff have also been pushed to the brink, um, not gotten proper sleep, and been involved in accidents as well on the set. And the show has responded and confirmed the accidents, but denied that it was due to, due to negligence. So, yeah, Big Hit and CJ, you know, these reality shows are very popular, but, you know, like we've seen before with Mnet and Big Hit and these other companies that have made these huge special stages for their, you know, for their idols and everything, and they've been unsafe and they've just seem to have no no consideration for their safety and it's just continuing here you know they're i you know i don't know what it's going to take for somebody to sue them or for them to, to you know for someone is it going to take for someone to die i mean it's just it, let someone from a very popular i mean i'm not going to say bts but 
you know, a BTS level group or higher have something serious happen to them and then they'll do something because they're really taking chances here, I feel like. So. Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, it's not surprising that they still don't care about the safety of the people who <laughs> who work for them and who perform on these stages and make the money. They they just don't care. The rich don't care about anybody but themselves. So that's that. Well, on that note, we go to Gugu Don. Uh, Sally, a member of that group, recently did an interview where she talked about the group's status, in a sense. Um, Gugudan hasn't had a group comeback since November of 2008. And um, you mean 18, right? 2018. I'm sorry. That's that's not as bad as it sounds. 2018. Um, But it's still pretty bad. Uh, But, you know, she talks about you know, how some of the members that already have their own fan bases from Produce 101 had most of their attention on them. The company, during the 2019, the company allowed them to go home and the company told them not to come back until they told them to come back. And they asked them to pack their dormitories and take their things. And they said, And she also said that when she she went home, well, she didn't want to go home. She stayed in the dormitory because she felt that if she went home, her parents would know her situation and they would tell her to stop what she was doing and stay by their side and find her a normal office job. So until then, her parents didn't know her situation from that time. And she said she also didn't know how to explain to them. And they asked her what she's doing, but she's just in the dormitory crying. And she said, but I have to tell them that I'm working and I'm performing. It was my friends. I found out that I'm not in a good state and they flew from Beijing to come and see me. They would accompany and chat with me and I slowly recovered from them from then. So it's. I mean, that's bad. I mean, that's a bad situation that they basically told them in 2019 that they were like, go home, take your stuff. And it was just like, it's an indefinite hiatus at this point. Um, and I feel like from the last comeback I can remember from Gugu Don, they had a pretty interesting concept at the very least it was kind of mature and the song was kind of catchy but I feel like they suffered from the company not knowing what to do with them and just kind of resting on their laurels and depending on the fact that they had two members with you know already established um fan fandoms so they just didn't really focus on something that would be marketable for the group as a whole. And they just really suffered in that. And yeah, I feel sorry for, for her, you know, talking about she didn't want to leave and didn't want to get a regular office job 
you've got real people that have to deal with the real consequences of this kind of lifestyle and this industry. And it always, it doesn't always turn out the way that, you know, they expect it to. And it doesn't seem like Google Don has a very bright future ahead of them. So, any thoughts on that? Um, so, yeah, it, it is unfortunate that the post-IOI girl groups have all pretty much died in a lot of ways. Like, none of them really had a momentum that was even close to IOI, you know? And it's just, like, the, the popular members are still sort of popular, uh, but that was it, you know? Like, if you look at Dia, if you look at um, Weki Maki, if you look at um, Gugudan, and what was that other one that disbanded earlier this year? Um, shoot, what was the name of that one? That has the famous um, Chinese member. Who's talking about Speaker? No, not Speaker. Um, I know what you're talking about. Not Brown Eyed Girls, not After School, not Princeton. Kristen, that's what I was talking about. Kristen disbanded oh. this year. I thought that was last year. Yeah, no, well, I mean, it disbanded last year, but I'm, I'm talking about like the groups that have members from IOI. So after IOI disbanded, because it was like an Mnet reality show, it had a finite time. A lot of the groups that these girls went into afterwards, like none of them have really done well or been successful on their own. They've all been sort of just living on the hype of that. IOI member, you know, and it is really unfortunate because, like, a mutual who's also into K-pop mentioned that, like, the um, what was that guy group um that you guys were just talking about, <laughs> One. Like the guys from One, One, whether they were in a group or solo, like they're all doing pretty okay, you know, like they're doing much better in comparison, and I didn't. I don't really know much about 101 or those members or anything like that, but the consensus that I've seen online is that they're not much more talented than the girls in IOI. So it's kind of strange that they can have these really big careers as soloists or in the groups and stuff like that, while the girls from IOI are just like there. <laughs> you know, um, like Chung is doing well. Um, what's her name? Somi is doing pretty okay. And the girl from Princeton's doing pretty well in China, uh, Zhijiang. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like uh, it sucks for Gugudan and it sucks a, for their fans. Sorry, yeah? Um, well, I was going to say it's way off topic. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a situation. But they did just meet up. Um, for uh, their anniversary of Gugudan. Uh So they did meet up. I don't know where, they, I think they met up at someone's house or something like that. And they, you know, put on a little like V Live show or something like that for their fans. So they are definitely still, you know, wanting to be together as a group and wanting to uh, make music and continue as idols. It's just unfortunate that I it's think not in happened. general, it's just that girl groups have it so much harder than guy groups. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't take very much for guys to develop a fandom of 
female fans that will, no matter how small, will buy anything that they sell to them. But for some reason, there's a higher standard for girls. Yeah. I didn't mention Cosmic Girls. That's the other one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, I do agree. And I think, too, male fans tend to have more dedication down the line, too, uh, in terms of fans that are still fans and buying their music and supporting their tours. I mean, Shinwa still goes on tours almost every year. So they have yeah. fan bases that are willing to put money into them to keep them alive. Whereas with girl groups, it's like the oldest one right now is what, Brown Eye Girls? Yeah. And they don't really even tour and stuff like that. I don't think they have the fan base to support it, you know? So yeah. it was really just unfortunate. Well, speaking of imbalances as far as gender roles in society, uh, the Korean television show PD Notebook recently took a look at how the justice system handles cases involving sex crimes. And... Um, showed how much the judges' views on women can impact things. They used Hara's case as an example where she was abused and blackmailed by her ex, Choi Jung-boom, obtaining audio that detailed the complete picture of what he told her. According to Asian Junkie, on an episode that aired on the 23rd, an acquaintance that lived with Kuhara met with the production team and revealed that Kuhara's ex-boyfriend had threatened Kuhara with the sex tapes. The informant A revealed phone recordings between Kuhara and Choi Jung-boom, where Choi is heard threatening Kuhara, saying, I have six sex photos and videos. The acquaintance A is heard dissuading him, saying, if you send them to anyone, then that's blackmail. Chai Jong Boom then shamelessly states, then let, let it be blackmail then, and sends two sex videos to Kuhara as proof. Kuhara's lawyer stated Chai Jong Boom contacted dispatch and promised to share the videos for money, saying that he was going to end her celebrity life. However, the court sentenced Chai Jung Boom to one and a half years in prison and three years probation because he was a first time offender and because he reflected on his actions. Um, But the point of this is to emphasize that the ex got probation mainly because the judge bought into the reflection aspect of the case. Uh, And you see that a lot with um, the fact that the judge was lenient on Kuhari's ex-boyfriend, as well as... Zhang Chaeyun's assailant um, and the nth room case will likely have the same the same situation. Basically, that you have judges that are looking at these trials and saying that, oh, it was morally problematic for women to drink and have sex. And a lawyer named Kwan and Sink stated the court's opinion of women is usually the key to ruling. And basically saying that Son, Son Jung Woo, who ran the world's largest child mocha site, received a one and a half year prison sentence in Korea when he would have received at least 15 years in the U.S. So you've got this system of judges that are being lenient with men and basically kind of 
almost blaming the women for these things that are happening and giving them lenient sentences of one and a half years in jail for sex crimes that, you know, for as much as, you know, the U.S. has problems in their own justice system, there is at least, you know, there's at least justice for these people that are, you know, being arrested for, for perpetuating these type of crimes. But, you know, you're seeing with these, you're seeing how Korea has this systemic issue of not ruling on these type of cases and ruling on them fairly. Any thoughts on that? Disbar. Just disbar all of these. (laughs) If we're coming up and talking about, you know, defund the police, abolish the police, then you have to get the people, legislation, you got to get legislators out of the out of power. You have to get judges out of power. You have to get people in positions of power who have maintained systemic racism, systemic misogyny, systemic xenophobia. You know, all, you know, all of these problems in society are not just being upheld by the police. They're being upheld by the DAs. They're being upheld by judges. They're being upheld by mayors and and premiers and, and you know things like that. So you have to get these people out, like. If a judge is slapping a month or two months or whatever sentence on a dude who had like mocha, like huge amounts of mocha is situations like that's a problem. Why is it okay for men to victimize women like that? Because that's what you're saying when you don't give them a punishment. It's like that Brock guy who um, raped that girl and he got like no jail time or he got a month or something like that. Like his case is actually used in law books as examples of what not to do, you know, like it's just insane to me that this man is still in power. He's still able. And that they're giving him other cases, even though he has exemplified exactly why he should not be judging these cases. You know, um, I don't know. I, I don't like the thing is, this is Korean society and Korean people. And they're the ones who are going to have to make the changes. Like, there's not much I can do here, but add support to victims like Kuhara and, you know, all the other victims who are named or not named, who have to live in that society and have to, like, juggle the fact that, yeah, they're proud of being Korean and they're proud of their country and their country's accomplishments. But also there's this, like, rot you know, and it's, it's, it's like eating away and it makes them victims, you know, on a daily basis of, of the whims of these like terrorists in a lot of ways. And yeah, I don't know. I just like, I despite this dude, shoot him in the face or what, I don't know. Like you just need to like not have him judging these cases anymore because he just has proven that he is not here to judge things impartially and he's not here to judge things objectively. He is uh, an old dude who probably um, subscribes to uh, dude culture and dude culture is very much okay with this kind of behavior. And I don't think that he should be the one in charge of any, like, I don't think he should even be a judge at this point. I think that they should reinvestigate all of his file, his cases and all of his judgments and rulings. And I think they should disbar him. And I think that he should like, just not be in power anymore. But you know, it is, as I said, something that Koreans, Koreans and, and people 
in Korea or outside of Korea, like who are Korean descent and just need to, they would have to be the ones to deal with it. Unfortunately, I support them though. Cause I do not want this man being in charge of these, this case. And I think that he should be sued for what happened to Guhara. I think that he definitely, and his ruling definitely um, played a part in, in what happened to her. So I think like, his, like definitely her life is on his hands and he's responsible and he should be held responsible for that. Okay. Well, Hey Lynn. Uh, AKA Lim from the Wonder Girls got married. Um, that was a personally a shock to me because I didn't know she was engaged or she was, I didn't, had no idea. So I was not expecting that. But she posted pictures on social media from her wedding. She looked beautiful. She posted pictures with three of the six wonder girls i think it's all together um you've been uh Sunmi and so he were at her wedding um wedding bridal party i believe and took pictures with her and she looked absolutely beautiful um looked wonderful it was great to see the girls together um i read somewhere that you has said that her goal is to get all the girls under her label and i hope that she is um that she is successful in doing that because I really would love to see them performing in a band again, like all of them, even Sonye. Uh, so yeah, the Wonder Girl stand at me was, was very alive um, with those photos. You have any thoughts, Nat? Very excited. Lim looked fantastic uh her did you, if you saw her wedding photos you also see that they were like so beautiful and so very well done and congrats like it's very reassuring that the korean public has been very supportive of her and her marriage and you know it's not been nothing more than it's been nothing but congratulations uh from the media and things like that so i'm very happy about that and just seeing them together is just always going to be a good thing it's always going to make me feel really happy because the Wonder Girls were just that deal. Like they were just such a good group, you know? And I love that their friendship has persevered and like their relationship was also with JYP has also sort of continued, like, <laughs> it, you know, regardless of everything, you know, that went down with their career and their, their time in America and things. So I like it. I enjoyed it. I, it makes me feel nostalgic, but also very happy for the future because you never know now, like what can happen, right? because they are friends and they still want to work together and they don't have the, the red tape that older groups will have, like, you know, 21 and like girls generation and things like that, where you don't even know, like if they're going to be allowed to perform it. I personally don't see any reason that JYP would like not allow them to perform. Their I music. think the only thing is Yan's um, agency is like, that would keep her from like performing with them and because she has a contract with whoever she's with now yeah so but i don't i mean if it's it seems like they just kind of let her like yeah it seems like they just let her do whatever she wants to do to be honest yeah. so i don't think that would be a problem either um for her in order to like do some sort of group concept with wonder girls or even just like you know performances here or there I don't yeah. really have a problem with that. I think for her personally, she's had a lot of stuff personally in her life that has been a bit more um, time consuming and just a, a bit of a distraction, which is why she 
had such a big gap between her releases. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, when she is better in a better place, maybe she'll join Yubin's r- label and make music from there, which would be exciting. Mm-hmm. And then we can get Sunny. <laughs> I know Sunny. I Sunny want all of them. I want all of them in the group. Even Sunny. Like having her just do vocals or something like that. Like well, all of a, them in a super group. band concept, then yeah, they can definitely continue doing that because Sunny could be just the vocalist. Uh, and then so he can maybe pick up an instrument as well. Maybe like, I don't know, a different type of guitar or whatever. I tambourine. Do yeah, tambourine. Yeah, tambourine girl. It's fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that it's, I, I would have loved You know what? Why together. can't there be a new position in K-pop groups? Tambourine girl. So many groups can use one. They definitely, and you know what? It's like, they have usually members who are just not doing anything anyways. So just pick up the tanger- tambourine and just like shake your tangerine. I don't know. It's, I think it's fantastic. Pick up a tangerine too though, because those are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta get that vitamin C. <laughs> very important. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm very happy for them and excited for the future of the Wonder Girls. Yay! I'm very happy about that. But lastly, um, and you guys are gonna have to help me a bit with this because I don't. I've read a bit about this whole situation, but I I don't have it all in front of me. But a um, social media Twitter YouTuber named Chli Chli Chow Chali got sold. How do you say that? C H L I. C H L I. Yeah. Is it Chli? Chli. I thought it was Chli. Chli. Okay. Chli got sold. So basically, Chli got sold is um, and it's spelled like soul. Seoul, the uh, place, oh, not you like Seoul. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, so basically, there were allegations against One Nation. Oh uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Sorry, y'all. I, okay, I okay. So there were allegations against One Nation of reaching out to minors uh, for sex and sexual things, and um, there were so many young girls involved and the key factor is that they're young and that they're black um and so uh this came out like a couple weeks ago i think and it's really sort of picked up steam in a lot of ways and and one nation is a korean rap group i had actually never heard of them before this so it was like i had to do a lot more reading because i didn't know who they were um but yeah, it's it's like they, you know, are a Korean rap group and I guess they sort of wanted to take advantage of, you know, black girls who maybe are a little bit more vulnerable in a lot of ways because, you know, we know how society shits on black girls and they basically went after underage girls. And I want to stress the underage factor because according allegedly, you know, in the video virtually gives like all the facts and things like that she it's a 32 minute video so and she has like receipts and everything like that so like there's there's things to back up what she's saying it's not just like her saying it for the sake of saying it it's like there's receipts and facts and people involved who have come forward but one of the things that was really chilling about it was the fact that like once one of the girls had turned 18 the guys sort of stopped wanting to talk to her 
So that kind of gives you an idea of the type of men that we are allegedly talking about here. And I, I'm not surprised, to be honest, because we know that a lot of times it's very easy in some ways, especially um, like to sort of take advantage of girls, especially young girls. And black girls tend to be a sort of market that is very easily led because you're not the standard of beauty. You're confused. You got all these hormones going on. Like when you're a teenager, you know, and like, then you've also got the women that come there and come to Korea and they, they want to have that validation exactly. from Korean guys and they, you know, provide that. Exactly. Exactly. So they, they pretty much just use that to get these girls and um, some of the tweets were uh, and some of the conversations are just like, you know, definitely triggering for people who need it. Um, but And there are so many stories about women yeah. that have been there and had different guys from that group come over them and try to harass them. And there's also, I mean, this is, you know, I, I, you know, I give her credit for coming out and talking about it. But, you know, some people say that she's only doing it to save face because she was friends with them. And they claim that she also attacked one of the victims in defense of the group. But she did come around. Um, Yeah. And that's the thing. If you are like, if you know somebody and like, it's clear that like she was, she knew that like she kind of knew the people, right? Like mm -hmm. they had public, a public relationship in a sense. Right. So I can kind of understand when you, you, you know, are faced with something like this, you kind of don't know how to react. I mean, like I personally would have been like, "Mm, I don't care who you are. Mostly because I already think that most men are trash. I probably would have been like, okay, you know, I would believe it, but I can understand people who, have a harder time doing it. And I think the work that Chile has done since then has been so commendable in, in a sense where she's really put her whole brand behind this in, in getting a voice for the victims, getting GoFundMe's for the victims and things like that. So I think the criticism is ill-placed and I feel like it's just there to sort of um, debunk some of the things that she's saying and, and give le- less credence and power to it because it's like well you were friends with them and you believe them so like yeah but people are allowed to change their mind people are allowed to you know when faced with actual facts to you know do something different and, and feel different and say different things yeah so it's it's kind of really disingenuous i mean apparently they were spreading like stds and things like that as well yeah and and just just being complete scumbags i mean i can say personally like when i first when i was in korea teaching for a year and i was there like within a week or two of me being there i already had like korean guys in my dms trying to contact me and it's because they know that there's this i hate to say it but there's a subset of women out there that you know want to be noticed and that they can try and take advantage of yeah and i'll say that i did date one guy that did contact me and thankfully it didn't go very far but it was just very you you have this weird you know this entire time like you have this feeling of you know that there's a fetishization going on and it's not a genuine attraction 
of any sort. You know, it's not genuine at all. And, you know, I I cut it off like immediately, but I mean, it's it's a it's you know, it's a predatory thing that's going on there. Yeah. No, I actually agree and um yeah, we just wanted to sort of like bring some awareness to the situation. I mean, obviously we have to stay alleged because they haven't been tried in court. And I don't think, I don't know if that's actually like a route that people are going to take. I don't know what's going to be the future of one nation and the situation, but I definitely want, you know, black girls, especially to like, understand that you are worth more than, you know, some dude who's a grown ass man who is trying to hit you up for, you know, things that you're not ready for that you're not even like, aware of or sure of you know and we like here's the thing k-pop and these korea boos and like all these things like sorry not these korea boos um these koreans who sort of like appropriate black culture and things like that they need black people more than black people need them so don't ever go there thinking like oh you know like that you're not worthy and that you're below people or anything like that just because Mm -hmm. you know they have you know, perfect looks and they're famous and they're on stage and things like that. Don't think that you are less than because at the end of the day, what would K-pop be without black people? Exactly. What would they be without the culture that gives them things like how you like that? (laughs) And, you know, all these other songs that they have dropped. So, um, yeah, I know, like, as I said, like, it is still, um, that you're shady. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree. I didn't see it fast enough, but I agree. But on the subject of like uh, One Nation and I guess um, what can be done there is um, if everybody could maybe check out obviously the um, the video and also check out her Twitter um, so it's chili c h l i got g o t so uh, which is s e o u l and get you know inform yourself and see if there's any way that you can help if that's what you want to do and if not then I don't really have anything else for you. <laughs> that was the latest episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Thank you for listening. You can always find us on Twitter at NYA Netizens. We are also on Facebook at Not Your Average Netizens and Instagram at Not Your Average Netizens. We also have a website at um, Wix that you can find the link to on our Twitter account. And you can also drop us a line at Not Your Average Netizens at gmail.com. And we are also on YouTube at Not Your Average Netizens. We will have a reaction to Blackpink Slay's video up on that uh, around the same time as this episode goes up. So if you are interested to know what we thought of Blackpink Slay's MV, then that will be up as well. And what else? Anything else you guys want to bring up? Any shout outs? Uh, so shout out to Lim, of course, for her marriage. And I hope she has a very happy marriage and her husband treats her like a queen because she deserves. Uh, shout out to A-Pink for existing. Um, and just because I still really love 
their latest comeback and Ungung and you know everything I actually really enjoy a lot of Aprink's music so shout out to them um and shout out to Attack on Titan because it's an exciting uh anime <laughs> slash manga and uh I'm excited for season four and I that excitement builds every day so yeah those are I guess it oh Shout out to Jimin and shout out to Ash for Yay. a fun episode. And shout out to you, you know, anybody who's listening, uh, who enjoyed it because we enjoyed it. We always enjoy it. And <laughs> we're happy to have you here. Okay. Well, shout out to Attack on Titan. Uh, very specifically, shout out to Aaron Yeager. Shout out to um, Armin Arlet. Shout out to um, Erwin Smith. Shout out to Hanji Zoe, I think is how you say Hanji's last name. Um, shout outs to the Attack Titan. You're not going to know what that is <laughs> if you haven't watched season three. <laughs> um, shout outs to, uh, no shout outs to all of those, uh, those Titans that be doing weird stuff. You guys know what I'm talking about if you watch Attack on Titan. Some Titans. The abnormal are- ones? Yeah, but like. Yeah. The- like that one with the big old eyes and head, long head. Yeah. Like triangle head in season three. And then there's the tight end that just looks mean. And then there's the smiling tight end, which sad story. And then there's the, um, there's another tight end that really creeps me out. The tight ends that like just fly, their bodies just fly across the screen in season two, I think. Yeah. No shout outs to them. Cause those are creepy. Um, yeah. Shout outs to the Shout out to the one that was leaning against the house that that time though. <laughs> when um I think it's Mike whatever. Yeah, when he was yeah. about to die and they met the nah. um and they met Zeke in his his animal his his Titan form and that one Titan was just leaning against the house like it was chill, it was waiting, it was having a good time. Shout out to him. That gave me spoilers. Shout outs to yes. Uh well that was that was kind of scary too though, because it's kind of creepy just lurking like that. Yeah. Kind of like the Titan that was laying down on the ground looking up at uh at uh Ymir and Aaron and Yeah. Bertolt. Shout out to Bertolt for his name being Bertolt. Like <laughs> girl, that's your name. <laughs> oh, Shout out to Modal Zushi. Sorry, um, I think that's how you say it. I'm not good with tones. I'm going to learn it, though, um, because it's good to learn stuff like that. Um, shout outs to Lan Wanji. If you know who he is, drop a comment. He's that guy. Shout out to him. Shout out to Wei Wushan, because um, he's also that guy. You're not going to know any of this if you don't watch this. Don't Um Shout out to all the manga, the mangakas whose mangas I'm reading right now and manhwas I'm reading right now. Um, Shout out to the future episode we have to do on mangas and animes and manhwas and all these other things that you have just mentioned. Because (laughs) clearly we need to talk about it. Yes. Shout outs to um, Levi Ackerman. mm, No. uh, (laughs) Um. Shout outs to you made me forget for real. I'm sorry. Um, well, yeah. Uh, shout outs to Ash for being so patient. Yay! Um, shout outs to Nat for yeah, whatever, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <Same word. laughs> 
I just kidding. Shout out to that. Um, yeah, and honestly, shout outs again to all the listeners out there. Um, I don't think there's any K-pop stars I want to shout out. Shout out, you know what? Shout out to Kong Daniel for that funny beat on his song. That is a meme now because that song is what it is. I cannot take it seriously. It's so funny. Uh, we have to listen I've to had, that song. I've had people DM me that, okay, because I am a known King Daniel stan, obviously. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's. That's all I can think of. I can't think of any shout outs to Legend of Zelda for being so boring that it just, you know, it helps me sleep. It's good stuff. Uh, no offense to Zelda players. Uh, oh, and then make sure, Ash, is, is your um, YouTube channel already up? For, for your gaming channel? Yeah, we just okay. posted. Can we name drop it? Uh yeah, it's sisters with games. Sisters with games. Make sure what do you do there? What do you do there, Ash? We play video games and we give our commentary. We are currently playing Last of Us Part Two and crying our eyes out at all of the heart wrenchingly horrible things that happen in the game. But also enjoying it. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna name drop two. Soju Chronicles is a podcast that I do on anime and K-pop and mangas with Nikki, who's one half of Unbothered Unease, which deals mostly with dramas and K-pop. And we meet every two weeks on, and we drop our episodes on Thursdays, on Tuesdays. Sorry. So it's at Soju Chronicles and we're on Twitter and you can send us an email at Soju Chronicles at gmail.com. Drop a, drop a vote or vote. Vote if you would like to see Jimin on Soju Chronicles. <laughs> it's going to happen, guys. It is actually going to happen. We're going to talk about something because me and Jimin talk almost every day about Megalus <laughs> and Dead Ones. Speaking of collaborations, there's yes. some really interesting stuff coming up soon, so you guys keep an eye out. Yes. Um, we are working with other podcasts and other people in our community. So just keep an eye out for us and keep supporting us in those, you know, spaces. spaces. Yeah. What's the opposite of pink? Sorry? What's the opposite of pink, real quick? Is there an opposite of pink? Is it green, maybe? Mm, uh, it's not like a primary color that has a complementary color. Really okay. So well, shout know. out to uh, us because we may or may not be working with White Green, who is the uh, direct opposite of Black Pink. So. <laughs> 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 it right. kind of makes me think of like Winter Fresh Gum or Spearmint. Yeah. Gum. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Chloe and Hallie because they are everything. Yeah. And I love them so much. Their album is awesome. Shout I want out. all the great things for them. Yes, I just wanted to do last shout out to, you know, Black Lives Matter as a movement and also to the growing solidarity among a lot of Black K-pop fans and anime fans and gamer girls and gamer boys and uh, gamer theys or theirs. Uh, and just like everybody in, in these quote unquote nerd spaces who are Black and who are, you know, trying to bring some voices and diversity to these 
traditionally very, very white spaces. Um, you know, I feel like right now it's a really good time for everybody to sort of like come together and uh, support each other and just celebrate this nerd ass crap. Is that a firework? In the background. Oh my god! I thought oh it was my like, god. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what? We should. You know what we should start doing? What? You know what? Let me. I'll say it after we record because okay. I think it's a um a good podcast idea. Okay. okay. Like, All right, guys. Fun. That was good. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. 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 B